0: What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surfing the Stream, where every week we are on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie of all time. I am Matt Primo, and today I am here to review Spider-Man Far From Home. I am in. I am doing all these reviews in anticipation of No Way Home being released on December 17th. Uh, it's coming up soon, and I'm super excited about it. And I've been re-watching just about all the Spider-Man movies. I've watched the original trilogy, the Tobey Maguire trilogy, uh, and I've watched, obviously, Homecoming, which I've already reviewed, and then Far From Home. The only ones I haven't watched yet are the, the two amazing Spider-Man movies. And i got to be honest, I'm really not looking forward to to watching those. But I told y'all that I will be doing a Spider-Man ranked episode uh, at at the end of the month once I have watched uh no way home. So, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to watch them and that really really does not make me happy because I do not like those movies or I remember them not being good and not liking them. So, maybe my opinion will change, I don't know. But I will say this, I have I have really enjoyed rewatching all these Spider-Man movies. Uh they're just up, up to this point, the five that I have watched, so good. So good. And you're thinking to yourself, well, that includes Spider-Man 3. Look, It's not a good movie by any means, but I actually kind of enjoyed it. I really did. I mean, there's parts in it that I truly, truly hate, but I actually enjoyed it. I liked it, Uh, but you can hear more of my thoughts on that uh, in the Spider-Man Ranked episode that is going to come up later in December. Uh, But again, this is Spider-Man Far From Home, the sequel to Homecoming, so if you have not seen Homecoming you're not going to want to watch this or listen to this review because I will be talking about both movies in this review. And then before I jump into the review, if you like what we're doing here and you want to consider supporting us, go to patreon.com 2game. We would love to have your support. Uh, but thank you for just clicking on this episode and listening to me talk about movies each and every day. So thank you so much for that. Uh, thank you to our $20 tier supporters, Carmen psycho. Uh, 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 Sharon Beatry, uh, Lindsay Humble, Eric Hernandez, and Michael King. We appreciate all supporting us at that $20 tier each and every month. Now you're wondering why I kind of laughed after saying Carmen's name. Uh, total inside joke. She, I'm, I'm hoping she's laughing, but we'll, we'll, we'll fucking see. Cause I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil what is going on. You're just going to have to listen to multiple episodes to kind of catch on. But Carmen knows exactly what I just did. So Shout out to you, Garmin. But anyways, back to this episode. Far From Home, let's jump into it. Following the events of Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man must step up to take on new threats in a world that has changed forever. Uh, it was directed by John Watts, who also directed the uh, the Homecoming movie. He's directed Cop Car, Clown, and also directing the, the last movie in the trilogy, No Way Home. It had a budget of 160 million dollars, and it grossed worldwide 1.1 billion dollars. Uh, it stars Tom Holland, Samuel L. Jackson, and Jake Gyllenhaal. It has a runtime of two hours and nine minutes. It was released worldwide July 2nd, 2019. And I got some just some basic uh, fun facts for y'all. This film takes place eight months after Endgame for those curious. Uh, It is the first Marvel Studio film without Stan Lee uh, cameoing uh, due to his passing on November 12th, 2018. The Netherlands tulip-filled scene was actually two million digital tulips. Uh, This is the first Spider-Man film to gross over a billion dollars worldwide. A billion dollars. And this is the 23rd film of the MCU and the epilogue to the Infinity Saga, so this is the closing of uh, of Phase Three. So, yeah, this is the final movie of that saga. So, my general impressions of this movie, I honestly don't know where to start. I have lots of thoughts about this movie, lots of thoughts, some good, some bad. When I saw this movie the first time, I didn't see it in theaters because I didn't I didn't get a chance to go go see it in theaters. So I ended up waiting until it came out on DVD and I just bought the DVD because I was like, ah, it's just gonna be good, right? I mean, I heard the movie was good and I just love Spider-Man. And when I first watched it, I was not impressed. Like, I didn't I didn't hate it, but I also, like, barely just liked it. I thought it was good, but it was kind of lackluster for me, like, honestly. Uh, it just, it missed some of that stuff that that I absolutely loved about Homecoming. And I absolutely recommend going to check out my Homecoming review. Uh, I spent like 30 minutes talking about that movie. Love, 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 love Homecoming. Uh, but this movie going into it, I, I expected it to kind of be along the same lines as as Homecoming. And I think that really, really brought that movie down for me with those expectations. And I've seen it one other time, and then this is probably the third or fourth time that I've seen this movie. And I gotta say, I do enjoy it way more, way, way, way more the this time around. Uh, and looking it from a critical eye, uh, uh, I mean, there's not there's not a whole lot wrong with it from from the critical standpoint. Uh, some of the CGI does not hold up. I mean, this is only two years old. And this came out in 2019. Uh, the the scenes with the uh, with the rockets and the drones just don't look good like the rockets being sent from the drones in the uh, the bus scene look terrible terrible it looks like it reminds me of the asteroid scene from uh or the the spaceship scene the end with the asteroids from Smallville like the TV series uh y- y'all remember that and how the CGI just looked god awful it looks exactly the same in this movie exactly the same and this movie was made what, 20 years later, 15 years later, something like that, uh, 20 years later, yeah, 20 years, uh, so it's kind of, kind of bad that the CGI looks so crappy, uh, but then there's scenes where the CGI looks really, really great, which is in London, the construction scene, the construction site scene looks really well, and then some of the elementals look really well, uh, but you can kind of point the finger the other way about the elementals and be like, well, it's just it's projectors, so they're not supposed to be real, real great. Okay, I I get it. But you didn't know it was projectors at the time, or you're not supposed to know, anyways. I mean, fans of Spider-Man know that it's projectors, but but yeah, uh, there's there's some CGI issues, some special effects issues uh, throughout the entire movie that I noticed on my 4K TV. Uh, so it doesn't hold up two years later, which is kind of uh, kind of disappointing. Uh, story-wise, I think the story is good. Now, is it what I would have preferred? No. I, and I'll get into this in just a second, but I, I kind of, part of me wishes that, I, I think the story with Peter Parker, Spider-Man, uh, trying to find himself in the world post-Iron Man, would have been better if he kind of just stayed in New York, rather than going to Europe. Like, I get why they did that, uh, and, and whatnot, but To me, Spider-Man feels like uh, a—and he says it in the movie quite uh, frequently—a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Like, I I get that they did something different. They went outside of New York for a Spider-Man movie, which we haven't seen up to this point, uh, unless you don't count Endgame and Infinity War, but we're not counting those. So going outside of New York is is something different, and I'm okay with that, okay? Okay. I'm not holding this this movie back score wise or how much I love it based off of what I would have preferred. Okay, uh, I just think with Spider Man, he just needs to deal with real life issues in New York, man. I mean that's that's kind of what I prefer from a Spider Man story, but they do do a good job of kind of dealing with those issues in a international type of story. And it's a good story overall. It it really was. I think acting wise, it's pretty solid movie acting wise. I didn't have any issues with the acting. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, I think delivered a great performance. I thought he was perfectly cast as Mysterio. Uh, Going into the movie, I was kind of, I was kind of concerned about Mysterio. Like he is such a, I don't even know the word I would even use for him. If you've watched the, the animated sh- the series uh, back in the in the nineties, uh, you understand what I'm talking about. He's just it seems like a a difficult character to adapt from you know an animated series or a comic series to the big screen. It just seems like a very difficult thing to do, and to me they did it without it being cheesy, without being stupid. Uh, I thought Jake hall gave a a very convincing performance as Mysterio. I think they also did a great job of kind of writing him as a character in general and making it not seem silly. I really appreciated that. And it's one of the better villains in the MCU. So, so far, this Spider-Man universe, the Spider-Man sector of this uh, MCU is, is hitting home runs as far as villains. Like traditionally Marvel sucks at writing villains. Uh, they really focus on the heroes and kind of put the villains on the back burner. Uh, to me, the hero is, is only as good as as the villain. And in these two movies that I've reviewed so far, the villains have been great. Now, do I think Mysterio feels... Do I feel as much empathy uh, for, for Mysterio versus Vulture from the first movie? No. Uh, but I do think they are able to kind of bring you in and make you kind of care for his character a little bit more in this movie because he does such a great performance, because they do connect him to Peter on a more of an emotional level. You know, with Vulture, there wasn't really much communication between Vulture and Spider-Man. It, it was mainly in, the, uh, in a battle sense. It wasn't really in a, uh, in a calm and nothing going on type of, of scene. We didn't really get that much, okay? We, the only real real scene in Homecoming that we got with, uh, with Vulture talking to Spider-Man was the interrogation scene. I mean, that's really the only interaction that they had as far as, as speaking to each other. This one, there is way more of that. Like, they're connecting on an emotional level. They're talking to each other. You know, they, they actually like each other. Uh, they trust each other and then for him to come back and be the villain at the end of the story, I mean, we all knew that that's what was going to happen, but, you know, Peter Parker didn't know that, I think was done really, really well, and I don't know if they could have done it any better, okay? Uh, uh, so I really love that aspect of a story. As far as the comedic beats in this movie, now, on my review for Homecoming, I said, this movie is pretty funny. Like, they did such a great job of kind of making it more John Hughesy. And you get that that feeling throughout the entire movie, which was uh, which was very pleasant. It was very unique, very original, and it's something we haven't seen in any of the MCU movies. This one kind of loses that comedic flair. There's some, there are definitely some funny moments in the movie altogether, but for the most part, I didn't find myself as 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 happy in this movie. Not happy as in the character, but like happy as in emotion. Like, I, I, I love the movie. I really do. Uh, I enjoy it. It's very entertaining. But I didn't find myself to be as excited as I was in Homecoming. Like, Homecoming, it was just like, there was a biggest smile on my face the entire movie. This one, I'm just sitting there just casually watching and, and just enjoying it. And they just lose some of that humor in this movie. And, I look, that's one of the biggest issues with Marvel movies is, is they just try so hard sometimes to inject humor into a situation that it falls flat for me and it doesn't feel organic. Some of the more organic movies where the, the comedic beats hit are are amazing. Like Iron Man. Like uh, I will not even say Ant-Man's even funny. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of some of the other movies that I really enjoyed. Homecoming uh, has those comedic beats. And for the most part, they kind of just don't do very well with the comedic beats throughout all these movies. and I know that's the thing that Marvel's kind of known for is kind of injecting humor into the uh, superhero genre. but sometimes it just does not work at all. like Black Widow, uh, I hate her humor. I love her dramatic beats. like when she's like in more of the dr- drama role, uh, really love her as a character, but hate her comedic beats. like when she tries to be funny, absolutely hate it. Loathe entirely would be probably the better phrase for that. But overall, I do really love this movie. I I, I truly do. Is this going to be my favorite Spider-Man movie? No. Uh, but I think they do a lot of good things, but they also do some bad things. Now that I've kind of given you my overall impressions, I'm going to kind of dive a little bit into this movie and give you some specifics, okay? I, I do love... The character of Ned, the him in the first movie was great. Him in this movie. Great. I I just love I love the character of Ned. They're doing such a great job of making you care for him as a character and kind of giving him stuff to do. Uh, They didn't give him too much to do in this movie, though. With that being said, Uh, they kind of just make him as a as a B plot character. And it, it really sucks. But but he has some great moments like all the comedic beats that were funny in this movie. A majority of them came from Ned. Like, he has such a—he does such a good job of injecting humor into that role. Uh, and I love how Ned is always throwing Peter under the bus when it comes to girls. Like, he did it in the first movie in the gym. Like, oh, uh, Peter knows Spider-Man. And this movie, he throws uh, Peter under the bus again with telling MJ that he has a plan. And she's like, what kind of plan? And he's like, "I, oh, I don't have a plan. I just I, I love that. I love the character of Ned. It has been one of the the best additions to this new uh, trilogy, uh, for me personally. Uh, in the first movie, uh, Spider-Man super confident about his abilities. Uh, in this, he kind of holds back. He has that nervousness, the anxiety. He's he's kind of unsure of himself. Uh, he's confused about where he fits in the world, uh, as far as superhero versus high school student. And again, that's kind of a a generalized theme with spider-man uh we kind of noticed that in the comics in the animated series uh in, in uh homecoming it, it's been the common theme for spider-man he doesn't know how to juggle the high school life versus the superhero life and that's one of the things that makes spider-man one of the best comic book characters ever created because he gives you real life stuff that everybody deals with i mean grant i mean people don't deal with superhero stuff but they deal with like high school versus uh other stuff you know adults deal with work life versus social life it's that that counterbalance is very interesting and a lot of people can relate to some of the things that spider-man goes through and that's one of the things that's one of the reasons why everybody loves spider-man right And one of the things that they do in this movie is... What they deal with, I should say. uh, How he lives up to Iron Man's legacy. How he deals with uh, the death of Iron Man. And I gotta say this. The overall connection of the MCU to these movies... I enjoy. Okay, I I really do. I like the aspect of connecting him with Iron Man. With uh, Far From Home. With Doctor Strange. I, I, I do like that. Nick Fury in this movie... Do not like. I, I did not like Nick Fury in this movie whatsoever. It's actually, I, I like Nick Fury in some of the other movies, like uh, like the Avengers movies, and then like the Captain America movies. Uh, I do like him in those movies. I think he has comedic beats that are are well timed and and kind of funny. In this movie, he just feels like annoying, and it just feels like kind of like a sh- like a he just gave a random performance. Like he didn't really give a care to be there. You know, uh, that's the way I feel about it. But the overall connection to the MCU is, is kind of an issue with this movie because they deal so much with, with what's going on outside of the MCU or outside of Spider-Man with the MCU that it kind of just messes with the story a little bit. And it kind of, I mean, it's not as bad now, it's not as bad of a movie, but it reminds me of Iron Man 2 in that sense. How Iron Man 2 did so much heavy lifting with bringing in other other storylines from the MCU that it kind of just fell flat a little bit. This one kind of does the same thing, but it does it to a much better job though. Uh, But it does struggle to carry that weight of multiple storylines from the MCU. And that is the biggest issue with this movie, in my opinion, you know, the addition of Nick Fury uh, dealing with Iron Man, dealing with, uh, you know, just other stuff with the MCU, with the events of Endgame. Listen, to me, they did not deal with in-game enough, and that is one of one of my issues with the movie. They mention in-game for all of like ten seconds. They they it's a little bit longer than ten seconds, but anyways, you, you get my point. It's a very minimal part of the movie where they talk about the blip and it's the little uh, the little thing with the school, the little Channel One News stuff. Uh, you you Mississippi people probably know what I'm talking about, uh, but where they talk about the blip and people getting snapped, that was all there for all of like I'm telling you, it's very, it's all at the very beginning of the movie, and they never mention it again. Like, why was there not more conversations with Peter and some of the other students about, uh, being snapped? It, to me, that's a huge storyline. If you're gonna follow the movies and you're gonna connect the MCU to this movie, then you do need to add that storyline in there and give it some more some more depth to, to kind of air it out a little bit, right? But they don't really do that. They kind of focus on other stuff, and it's kind of not as interesting. Uh, but they do focus on Iron Man and his legacy. You realize that he sees Iron Man everywhere, and he can't live up to those expectations. And Happy even says in the movie that Look, you're not going to be Iron Man. You're not going to live up to to what he was because he couldn't even live up to what he was. You know, you know, basically just be yourself, and that's. It that was a great moment in that in this movie uh, with Happy and Peter Parker uh, talking about those expectations and living up to Iron Man. Uh, I thought the Iron Man stuff was done was done really well. Uh, to be fair, talking about some of the costumes, uh, I love the costume design. Uh, the the suits in general, though. I love Mysterio's costume. Like, that thing looks great. Uh, His suit looks fantastic. Uh, As far as the suits for Spider-Man, originally, I strongly disliked the stealth suit and the red and black suit uh, the first couple times that I watched it. But now they're kind of growing on me. Like, I really kind of dig the uh, stealth suit. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the, uh, the goggles, you know, being placed up. I'm not sure how I really feel about that. I kind of lean towards not liking it. Uh, and I actually really like the red and black suit. Like, I was thinking about it, like, oh, it's just not traditional, you know? Kind of, I was, I was being like one of those people. And then you think about it and you're like, well, this, I mean, outside of the traditional costume, Spider Man doesn't have any other traditional costume. It's all just random suits, right? That look dope. I mean, that's one of the cool things about playing Spider Man games is all the suits. And,. Once I thought about that, I'm like, well, of course there'd be like a red and black suit. That looks, that looks dope, right? And when I see it in action in that back half of this movie, I'm like, that's awesome. It it really is. And to kind of continue on the Iron Man thing, they do do, you know, they kind of tie, which was really, really nice, by the way. I mean, a little on the nose, but really nice. How in the first Iron Man movie, the, the movie that started the MCU He's making his suit, you know, he's talking to uh, the computer and whatnot, making his Iron Man suit, and then you see Peter Parker, the last movie of the Infinity Saga, he's doing the exact same thing, I thought was very, very well, very, very well done. It's kind of like similar to when Tony Stark uh, snapped Thanos out of existence. It was, he said the line, uh, I am Iron Man, which ties it back to The first movie, his very first movie as Iron Man, which I thought was a fantastic moment, by the way, one of the best moments in the entire movie. Uh, I think they do a great job of kind of tying those and bringing it back, you know, like a a circle, as they say. Now, the one thing that I am not a fan of with the red and black suit and the uh, homecoming suit is the Spider Emblem. It's just, it's too small to me, shout out. I I wish it was a little bit bigger, shout out again. Uh, Now... Iron Spider. Originally, I was a huge fan of it, especially in uh, Infinity War and Endgame. I really dug the Iron Spider suit. I, I thought it was really dope looking. It looked crisp. Uh, it was something different, and the the, uh, the spider legs and stuff attached to it looked really, really great. Uh, in this movie, I don't know if it's the CGI or if it's just that him taking the uh, the helmet off, the mask off, Every five seconds, the way it looks, I don't know if that's the issue, but I actually do not like the Iron Spire suit. Uh, it's just it, it's the it's the nanotech mask helmet that really kind of drives me crazy. Uh, and again, I don't I think that might be CGI related, where it just doesn't look good. Uh, personally, I like it when Peter just pulls the mask off of his face. That to me. Is the is the perfect Spider Man costume. Anytime he can just pull off the mask is, is is great because it leads to a lot of great moments. I mean, the original trilogy you had him where he would just pull off the mask, and then in this tri- uh, this trilogy here, I mean he he he'll land somewhere and he'll just pull off his mask and start talking to somebody, uh, or to one of the villains or whatnot. I think that really to me feels more traditional in the sense of a Spider Man suit rather than the nanotech, which I don't I, again. I think it's more of a CGI issue than anything because I didn't really have the issue back in Endgame and Infinity War, but hey, it is what it is. And just a few more things I want to discuss about this movie. I think the uh, Mysterio uh, uh, reveal at the end of this movie, which, again, if you're a fan of Spider-Man, if you know anything about Spider-Man, you knew it was coming, okay? You knew he was not a good guy, all right? You just knew my son, who is uh five years old, I mean, he didn't know. He's like, he's a bad guy. I'm like, yeah, dude, just just watch. I, I got to introduce him to the animated series. I-, I failed as a father for not introducing him sooner. But that reveal feels very Iron Man three like with the uh, the reveal of the Mandarin. But this way feels more organic. Okay, I don't know if it's because I expected that out of this movie, like I expected that out of the character, whereas. I was not expecting that with Iron Man 3, but it just feels more organic. I I really enjoyed the twist of him being actually a bad guy in this movie rather than the uh, Iron Man 3 reveal where it's, oh, oh, it's not the Mandarin actually, it's just some actor, which was kind of dumb to be honest with you. But again, I'm not a Shane Black fan. If you've watched or if you listen to any of my reviews, you know that I am not a Shane Black fan. And then the last two things I want to discuss are my two favorite sequences out of the movie. One thing about Spider-Man is he doesn't really ever have over-the-top uh, action sequences. Now, I am saving a little bit of myself because um, I haven't seen Amazing Spider-Man 1 or 2 in a very long time. So I don't remember the action in those movies. But in the original trilogy and then this this new trilogy, the action sequences have never been just flat out amazing. You're not seeing like Avengers in game or the original Avengers or anything like that. Iron Man sequences. You're not seeing all that kind of, uh, sequences. Okay. You're just seeing like good, great, good to great action sequences that, that are really elevated by the fact that you really care for the characters. Uh, they're not just like super bombastic in the way that you would see in a normal, typical, uh, Marvel movie. But, the uh, the London sequence is fantastic. Uh, I like it because it's more unique. It's something we haven't seen in a previous Spider-Man movie. And uh, honestly, I didn't really like it to begin with. It's something that grew on me this time that I watched it. And the first time that I watched it, I was just like, dude, this just feels kind of boring. And it it does. I can see how it would feel that way after watching it again. But I, I realized after watching the original trilogy I'm like, well, Spider-Man's never really been a huge, huge action kind of of movie. Yes, there are some great moments of action in these movies, but they're never like the Avengers movies where it's just explosion after explosion after explosion or like Transformers movies where it's just nothing but action, right? That's not what Spider-Man movies are. There are some great action set pieces within those movies, but it's a lot of drama in these movies, and that's, I mean, that's what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man, right? But I thought this, the London sequence, watching it the third time, kind of really, really made me appreciate that and uh, really enjoy that. Especially after watching the, uh, the original trilogy. And then the construction site sequence is fantastic. It's one of the best sequences in any Spider-Man movie that has been made. It's just the fact that they could tie all of his fears into one. And Mysterio just beats his butt. And doesn't even, like, throw a punch, you know? And to get him to confess to all, all of his friends that know the secret of Mysterio, I think was done very, very well. And it's a great sequence to kind of make Peter Parker kind of confront Mysterio for the first time and then him get hit by the train. It was, it was just a perfect sequence. It really was. Uh, I thought all the CGI looked really great in it and uh, just a great... Great overall sequence. I absolutely love it. And then one last thing that I want to mention as far as the characters before I close out this review is MJ. I said it in the last review. I said I do not like this characterization of MJ. Uh, I I wish they would have just made her a different character and she didn't have to be MJ. I like her uh, a lot more in this movie, but I wouldn't say that I like her as a character because she still... I don't know. She's just not MJ to me. She's not. She's just, she's Michelle. I I think that's her her original name, right? Uh, That's to me is what she should be. Uh, But I do like her character a lot more in this movie. I wish they would have had more moments together with Peter Parker uh, and MJ, but what we got was, was, was great. I actually really enjoy those moments in this movie compared to the first. Honestly, honestly, if I was making a trilogy, about these guys with MJ with these with the same set of characters, MJ and Peter Parker, Tom Holland and Zendaya. Honestly, with the uh No Way Home movie, I would have brought in Harry Osborne and threw a wrench in that uh made that a little love triangle. And that would have been that would have been a fantastic way to kind of introduce Harry Osborne and then Norman Osborne and bring in Green Goblin. But, you know, they decided to go with the uh the multiverse aspect of it and bringing Green Goblin that way, which is fine, but it's, it's whatever. But overall, really, really love this movie. Didn't like it at first. Love it. Now I give it four stars. Uh, I know it's cyber Monday and all the black Friday deals going on. You can buy all of these movies for pretty cheap. So I'm not going to give you a price tag of currently what's on because it, it'll change daily probably, but really enjoyed this movie. I think $10 is a great price for this movie. Now, you're not going to get this movie for $10 because it's Disney. This movie is still 20 plus dollars at at the store. So if you can get this movie for like $10, $15, bucks, I think that's a good deal. Uh, and it only came out two years ago, so it's not going to drop down too much in price. I mean, hell, uh, Iron Man is still 20 bucks, And that, that says something about Disney right there. Uh, but again, well, Iron Man is definitely worth 20 bucks because it's a great movie. But this movie if you can get it for $10-15, uh I think that's a great price for this movie and you're going to you're going to find enjoyment in it. You're going to find that entertainment in it, which is really what you look forward into you look forward to in a Spider-Man movie. You just want to be entertained. You want the drama between the high school life and the superhero life and that's what you get in this movie. Now, not as good of a movie as Homecoming, but it's still a great movie. So, I recommend you go check it out. And and buy it. It's worth buying to me. Uh, But yeah. That's going to end my review for Spider-Man Far From Home. You let me know how you like it. And uh, we'll catch you next time on another review.